it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. lovely listeners. Thanks so much for being here and listening to Windowsill Chats today. If this is your first time, welcome. And if you've found your way back to the Windowsill, I am thrilled that you are here. Today, I am talking to Marisa Handler, and we have a really interesting conversation. Marisa is just quite a thinker, and she's been involved and done so many cool things in her life. She's a writer, a singer-songwriter, a teacher, a coach, and I think she sort of downplays how um, how well she's leaned into these things. She's the author of Loyal to the Sky, which won a Nautilus Gold Award for world-changing books. Her essays, fiction, and poetry have appeared in numerous publications, and her music is available on all the various platforms. Marisa earned her MFA from the Iowa Writers' Workshop and has received many fellowships in creative writing, including a Fulbright and Elizabeth George Foundation grant. On the spiritual side, Marisa has been studying insight meditation in retreats and daily life since 2002 and instructing since 2012. She is a certified facilitator of the work of Byron Katie and has long-term practices in authentic movement, somatic experiencing, and various forms of dance. Marisa is the founder of Live Your Creative Genius, an in-depth coaching program offering a new paradigm for creative work, and she teaches on creativity, writing, and transformation at places like Stanford University, Spirit Rock Meditation Center, SLN, and the California Institute for Integral Studies. So you might be thinking, oh my gosh, there's a lot there. And yes, there is. We talk about creativity, about things that stop us, about comparison and how to break through things and as how we kind of live into our own life um, more authentically than we are willing to dig in and see what that really means for our creative practices and for our life in general. So without further ado, here is Marisa. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad you reached out. Yeah, pleasure. I'm I'm glad I reached out too. Well, your background encompasses just a fabulously wide range of creative and spiritual practices from writing to music and meditation and dance and so much study that sounds so interesting. I'd love for you to share how these diverse pursuits have intersected and influenced your own creative journey. Mm. I think often in my life, I've kind of felt like I was bumbling around and basically doing what I what I wanted to do, what I 
what drew me. And I actually, I wrote a memoir. I started writing it at 28. It wasn't, it was my editor's idea. And uh, something about writing that and looking at what I'd done and looking at my journals and my notes from from journalism and really gave me a sense of, oh, there actually has been a path, you mm-hmm. know. It hasn't been as as it's been it's been kind of bumbling, but it's always been going somewhere. And I think fundamentally I've followed what has spoken to me most deeply and what I've loved. Mm-hmm. So it all feeds into each other. I, I feel like it's impossible to silo the different pieces of what I do. And it's difficult even to say this ends here and that begins there. I've always been highly creative, you know, the as an adult that has just in terms of my gifts that has manifested primarily as as writing and as singing mm-hmm. um, and writing songs, although I also do a lot of dance and movement, but I don't perform. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, I was, I've, I've been teaching for, I mean, forever really in some capacity. Yeah. I was a very devout little girl. And I think as a young adult began coming into a more mature kind of spirituality initiated by an LSD trip, <laughs> as, yes. as is often the case. And, um, I, you know, so that's been through the Dharma, you know, through through Buddhism, many silent retreats um, and inquiry, the work of Byron Katie and, you know, and, and, and movement and somatic experiencing nervous system practice. There's there's all these different pieces. What I can say is on some level, it feels to me like it's a, a kind of a rhythmic. I, I, I don't I don't always get the rhythm right, but a kind of a rhythmic movement between quieting and mm. listening and going deep, you know, using whatever modality right. um, works for that and then expressing mm. um, from a deep place. And so I think the, the the creativity and the the kind of healing and awakening elements have fed each other deeply just in terms of they, they, they seem to, they go together so naturally mm. in my experience and the deeper I the quieter I get, the mm. deeper the well to draw creatively from. And then, of course, what comes through all both of those places comes into my teaching and coaching. Um, I'm, I tend to be highly creative at working with others as well. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, you mentioned it doesn't always go straight or it doesn't always go the way we expect. And I think that's actually the beauty of it overall, the the, the path that we're on. Um, you know, you mentioned like, see, I'm going to, I'm just going to take a minute because I want to find exactly your words. You mentioned that obstacles are the path, you know, and, and those things, yes, work together so well, but I loved that when I saw it in, in your notes that obstacles are the path because I mean, we might have, we, they stop us. So we go into them, around them, over them, through them, whatever it is. But um, I thought that was really interesting statement. And I think we are certainly pieces of, of, of the experiences that have gotten us here. But if we have one that, that is really, really makes us think or is life altering or, or, or puts us on a slightly different path, then, then we want to lean into that and think about how can I spend more time here? How can I learn more about myself in this place? One of the things I know you work with people on is sort of the, the, the fear of perfectionism or self-criticism, um, comparison, stuck in that kind of mode of what do I do? I'm, and often as an artist, we're by ourselves in our studio or wherever it is, or our head, right? And yeah. And so we do get caught up in that or that person's doing it better. Or I can't possibly, I've waited too long or whatever it is. And 
Um, I love that you really lean into that with people. Can you share a little bit about, about that? Yeah, gladly. Um, so one thing, I think you're absolutely right about the, the, the part of, you know, feeling alone in this. Um, and, um, you know, I do work one-on-one with people, but, but I, I realized at some point that community is huge. So I started a group program where we're doing this work together and um, so far, it's just been for women and the women in it see, okay, I'm not, we're all having the same kinds of thoughts. And indeed, right. like they're not creative, these thoughts, they're recycled, like so-and-so does it better. Why bother? I'm not smart enough. I'm not creative. Enough. I'm not, the, you know, whatever. Um, but what I've seen again is is that these, you know, it, it, it's going to manifest distinctly in each distinct individual, for example, f- it might be procrastination for someone like that's their real killer or comparing for someone else or um, uh, just perfection, you know, perfectionism, some of the things that you named, but usually underneath, I'll say always underneath, I, I, just because I keep seeing this, um, there's some part of us that got stuck somewhere mm. and it's really scared it's really mm-hmm. scared to step into it's uh, what what we are capable of um and creative energy is it's 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 life force fundamentally you know and there's there's a so it's really this comes really close to the bone um and i think when some part of us as a child or an adolescent or you know there may be some major trauma later in life it shuts down and, mm-hmm. and okay this is too much it's not safe to you know be who I am to open, it, 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 there's going to be a shutdown. And um, so usually what I see is these things go back quite a while and they may take on different guises, you know, our, I don't know, quote unquote demons. I, I don't love that word, but it, right. it's, it, it, you know, they're very clever. Yes, they are. They, right. So it might, at a different point in our lives, it might look like, and now it might look like procrastination. Later, it might look like, I'm too old to start, you know, right. or whatever, right? right? So, but but what I've seen again, you know, time and time again is once we do we kind of go in and do the deeper underlying work to actually begin to pull apart um very gently dismantle some of these old beliefs, this whole cis belief system around this is what I need to do to stay safe. Right. Um miracles happen. Oh my gosh, right? Yeah. They really do. And I think it's getting to that place where you're willing to, or the time is right to kind of pull apart some of those beliefs and look at that pulling apart as self-care instead of, you know, rocking the boat or, you know, what, what, or stop looking at other people's expectations and, and think about your own. I think that that, um, and using leaning into creativity and, you know, accessing that as, as a, as a balm and a, and a, a catapult and a medicine, if you will, to, to help that process. Yeah. I mean, and I think for those of us who are deeply creative, it can be incredibly painful when we're not living that. And um, so generally what brings people to me is deep frustration and pain, you know, that, and and so the obstacle is the path really, you know, like that's, that's, what's going to, prompt someone to say like it's it's enough yeah um and some and underneath there i would say uh, uh, what is deeper is it just a longing for authenticity 
Mm, yeah, I love that you said that. I think, I mean, the goal, right? If you're if you're a creative, like I would love to have the time and the and the bank account and whatever to lean into my creativity being hot, what I just get to wake up and do every day. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like there's aspects of it that we use, but what are the things that are in our way so we don't do that? I mean, that very well could happen if I I'm just using myself, right? If I leaned into it a certain way. But I think it must be very interesting, the people you work with who come at it. I mean, most people listening potentially have a job job that they're doing because they they need to pay the bills and the creativity is over here somewhere. It's part of it, hopefully, but but the authenticity part, I've, I've just watched so many people do what they had to do creatively instead of if left to their own devices, what might come out of that hand and heart. And oh, that's, that's tricky. Um, So I think it must, I love your processes and how you really do help people find that sweet spot. Yeah. I mean, I think if there's, it's as simple as where is their energy, you know, ultimately like, and that can be positive or negative. Like I can be really angry about something and that can fuel a whole, you know, I don't know, a whole poem or or a painting series or whatever. But it's kind of giving ourselves permission to come into those places that sometimes if we've been shut down for a while can feel actually very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And how would you say you hold, What? how do you like to hold people who are in that spot who come to work with you? I do my best to to have the space feel sacred. So usually we begin with actually just arriving and kind of landing in the moment, like a short meditation um, to do that. I tend tend heavily in the direction of nurture and ground, especially when we're going into difficult terrain. And um, I think this is key. I, again, usually there's a lot of frustration if if someone hasn't been able to kind of be self-realized in the way that they want to. And so I err on the side of compassion for those places that have kept us small or kept us stuck because they're really just working their butts off trying to keep us safe for decades. They're in their, you know, whatever, five-year-old developmental capacity or 16-year-old or whatever. So that's key. And then it's it's going in, I'm strongly informed by contemporary nervous system work and theory and, and we're grateful to be living in these times. Yeah. So to do this work in a regulated way where if there's something major, we're not just, this is not about catharsis. This is about doing the piece that's up and then moving back into resourcing and regulation um, and just taking good care of ourselves as we go here. And then also I often find myself because what I'll see, you know, with the people that I work with is they'll, something will happen that they've been waiting decades to happen. Like all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm writing my book or it's happening or I'm doing it. Marisa, like this is actually, and it's so quick that they'll be like, but I'm not producing enough. You know, or, <laughs> but how am I going to, where where would I place this? Or, you know, something where it's like, <laughs> so often I'll say like, hey, hey slow down. Yeah, here comes the questioning. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. We just, we're so good at that. We're so good at that. <laughs> Ego wants to keep, you know, it's, yeah. And so it's, it's uh, holding it all gently and, and humor is often <laughs> involved. Yeah. Well, and I think too, and I, I think we keep circling back to that here on the podcast. It's it's finding those peer groups and the community. And we're all part of this greater creative community, which I'm super grateful for because I feel like it's very supportive. And within that, where are the people that you can trust to, you know, admit I'm struggling with this or 
the the peers that you can say, hey, I just found this great resource. Let me share that or I'm struggling or I'm happy or whatever. And those are the things that come from these different courses and groups and, and um, you know, masterminds or, or events or whatever challenges that we go through that where the need comes in because we are spending so much time on our own. Yeah. Yeah. It's crucial. And it, I can say for, for me, it took a while to figure that piece out, just even even in my graduate program, just to identify like who, who's a good reader for my work and who's who's a safe right. person emotionally and, and you know, all of these things. So um, yeah, it's it's important. It's an important piece. So your coaching program is nine months long, right? And I think that's that's really wonderful because of the length of it. How, how do you kind of approach things there and how, how, what does that look like? Yeah. So there's a whole arc and um, beginning with just learning to receive, because at least in my creative education and just generally in our culture, there's such a massive emphasis on doing and product production. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work with creative, you know, it, it's, it can work short term, but it doesn't long term work to just grind ourselves to the bone to produce things. So we start with actually learning to receive, like how, how can I sit back and let this energy move through me? Which, so I'm actually stewarding it, like mm. I'm, I'm guided by it. And I'm, I'm, you know, there's, there's creativity is happening, but I'm not this like, pushing pushing engine for it we start we start there really yeah. opening to the unknown um and then there's a whole module on you know called embracing the shadow uh obstacles as allies so we're doing some <laughs> deep work and that's a theme throughout um and then we move through several modules towards what is the the final module which is um birth you know so it's 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 nine months right and i do actually i i, I think of the program as a womb Mm. Um, that's holding the participants. And um, the final module is all about uh, really stepping into what we came here to do and and visibility and um, the gift of rejection. Yeah, it, it, there really is a kind of a arc. Uh, there's a there's a gestation. You know, Rilke says everything is gestation and then birthing. Mm. And so the, the program is really around that. I, I love that there are programs like that out there with people like you guided with by people like you that do take that amount of time, because I feel like often it's a week or whatever, you know, and you can't get into it in the same way. No, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I decided to offer what I didn't get in my, (laughs) my creative education. And it's not, this is, you know, the, the, like, I'm just thinking, I just, we just concluded one in 2023 and um i'm beginning to to prepare for 2024 and 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 enroll actually and um but the women who are in in this year you know it's it's many of them have been stuck in these patterns for decades and that doesn't change overnight it doesn't change in a week Mm -hmm. you know it's something that's that requires ongoing commitment and dedication and support, you know, of various forms, which is in there. And I designed it to be life-changing, you know, so that they come out and they're set to create, you know, to, to for the rest of their lives to be creating. It's not about, in my mind, um, the book or the, the the dream album or even the, the the film project. It's about a lifetime of of mm. opening to one's one's creativity and, and giving that. Um and and I I I wanted it to be pretty thorough. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think so often, especially with the courses and I don't know, learning 
you know, learn how to do this or learn how to do that. That's available on or wherever it's available. I tend to look at that and think, but then what? Like, then what? I've learned that. I've gone through that. I've gained this experience. Then what? <laughs> you know, we we tend to look at at that shiny next thing. And this is it sounds really um, rewarding because it's it's a much different foundation builder. I'm trying for that. Yeah. The idea is teach a man to fish, you know, so it's not, it's, it's about, okay, now you go, now you go off and, and they have, you know, the, the women become, because we're doing very deep work together, they become very close. Oh yeah. Um, So they are emerging with a, with a community that knows how to hold each other. That's great. How many people are usually in a course like that? That we had nine this year. This was my second year. Last year were six. I cap it. I'm going to cap. I cap it at ten. I'm. I'm considering doing two cohorts in 2024. One of which would be mixed gender. But I began with women just because I think women tend. Of course, there's this is this is a generalization, but tend to face a distinct set of issues around visibility and sharing their work. So, it's very different. Yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about your. Your book, Loyal to the Sky, I just want to read a little bit about what I found out about it. Won a Nautilus Gold Award for world-changing books. Can you tell us about the inspiration behind it and how it connects to your own spiritual and creative journey? I just, I, I want to get my hands on that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it. Uh, so I spent my 20s doing a lot of social justice work and activism really on the ground, grassroots, civil disobedience type stuff, and actually re- reporting um, like from those demonstrations. Most Well, I was, I was working as an activist in this country, and then I was writing about social justice issues from abroad for different publications. Wow. Um, and I actually started writing a book which was subtitled A Spiritual Analysis of Corporate Globalization. Oh, wow. And I took that to Johanna von Delling, the woman who became my editor at Barrett Kohler Publishers, and she said, hmm, have you thought about writing a memoir? Huh. Uh, which I hadn't. And I was like, I'm 28. I'm not Paris Hilton. Like, why would I write a memoir? You've already done so many interesting things, though. She could tell. She basically said that. And she, and, and that she thought that my points would be better conveyed through narrative, actually, through personal narrative. And I think she was right. What a wise editor. Because yeah. I would think, especially then at that age and through a memoir, you're reaching, people are paying attention to that in a different way. It's not like you're making it up. You're saying, no, this is what I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's a very dear friend. Yeah. And she is a very wise woman. And so that's what I did. And once that, and that came out and I, Barrett Kohler sent me on a national book tour. So I did a lot of speaking and um, reading and things like that. And, um, and then contrary to everybody's expectations, I applied for an MFA in fiction. <laughs> People were like, you're set, go start, write your next nonfiction <laughs> book. And, but I wanted to I'd never studied writing as a craft. You know, I'd always been a good writer and I had one of my majors in college was English. And, you know, journalism, I figured out pretty easily on my own, like how to write a piece that looks like a piece like there or, you know, but I wanted to just have time to, to, to sink into craft. And also I wanted to fully open to, to, to creativity. Um, Like, you know, fiction is, is you're really going into the, you're just pulling from, from the ether. Yeah. It's true. I mean, a memoir, you've been there. You you're you're writing down what you experience in fiction, you you have to make it up. And I know you do a lot of work with writers or people who want to. And I think that obviously, because you've been there yourself, is that um an extra, you know, a passion you love to lean into, especially? Yeah. I mean, I 
um, I do, I do, I, you know, I've done, I, I still, I still do some teaching at Stanford and I, I do some creative, you know, traditional creative writing teaching, but I did a fair amount of it earlier in my life as an adjunct professor. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love engaging on craft because I just find it fascinating. And I, when I'm, you know, when I'm reading a, a, an excellent writer, I'm always like, what's, what are they doing? How are they doing that? So that I can use it for my own <laughs> work. Um, I do enjoy it. Uh, I do less of that these days because that kind of work takes a certain kind of energy. And um, I feel like it, it, people can hire an editor, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I, I can do it, but it, my preference is to do the deeper work with people and to put my own creative energy towards my own work. <laughs> Hey there, Windowsill Chats listeners. This is your host, Margo, and I'm here to share some new and exciting opportunities with you. Do you want to dive even deeper into the conversations we have in the Windowsill? Well, I have got a treat for you. In case you missed it, we launched our very own Patreon channel a couple of months ago, and our community continues to grow and evolve every day. And it's the perfect way for you to get involved and support the continuation of these thought-provoking conversations. Joining our Patreon community allows you to be a crucial part of what we do here and take windowsill chats to the next level. Now I know what you're thinking, there must be a cost to this, but hold on a sec, guess what? For less than the cost of a single coffee a week, you can become a proud member of our Patreon family. Yep, for just $5 a month, you can support this podcast and ensure that these conversations will continue to be heard. Our Patreon community is where the magic happens. Not only will you get exclusive behind-the-scenes content, early access to new episodes, and bonus conversations with special guests, but you'll also be able to connect with other like-minded listeners who share your passion for artistry, creativity, and learning. By joining Patreon, you're making sure that these conversations keep flowing and I can continue to bring you the diverse perspectives and insights you've come to love. Your support directly impacts the quality and frequency of these episodes, and I couldn't do it without you, truly. So if you believe in the power of ideas and the beauty of human connection, I invite you to check out our Patreon page today. Simply head over to patreon.com backslash in the windowsill or just search in the windowsill and select the membership tier that best suits you. Remember, it's less than the cost of one coffee a week, but the impact you'll make is truly immeasurable. Thank you for being part of our incredible community and helping us keep these conversations alive and thriving in the windowsill. Your support means the world to me, and I can't wait to see you over on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com in the windowsill. Well, and I love that you, one of the the things you help with is guidance to kind of kickstart somebody's practice or, you know, it's, it's all those creative labels that we have on ourselves. And, you know, I, I really do think that creativity is something that ties most humans. And I, and I read something, I think it was Marina Abramovich said, no, we're not all creative. We have to like super lean into it. And I was like, no, I feel like we are. Yeah. I would respectfully disagree with Ms. Abramovich. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But she, she, I don't think we all could do it the way she does. She leans in hard and, and I, I respect that greatly, but yeah, I do I think, agree. you know, and it, it must be through this thread that we've talked about, about the spiritual practices and the teaching and the, and the, in your own work, you know, writing a memoir, you know, it is, there is this thread of creativity that continues to change when we, when yeah. we can say I've reached X point in my life where I want to um, deconstruct, I'm just making this up, deconstruct something. Well, creativity is going to help me through that. And I, I feel like uh, I can't be the only one, you know, we're, we're just kind of built that way. 
I think I I agree. I think there's different degrees, and I think that there are different inclinations. Um, someone may be, you know, a highly creative chef or or a very creative mother. You know, yeah. I have a yes. friend who's who, uh, well, a few women in my life who are amazing mothers to their children and and very creative in how they do that. You know, so I think it can come out in different ways, but I do think it's our birthright. Yeah, I really do too, and I and I think too, that sometimes we tamp that down and that comes from society or parents saying, oh, you should be, you need to go to this, you know, study this in school because it's going to make you a living and being an artist isn't or something like that. And so there's ways or that teacher that says you don't draw well or whatever it is along the way that that stops us or like we were saying, earning a living um, in a different way. But um, I think finding people like you to to follow, lean into, understand that it can take such a, we can look at it from a spiritual aspect. We can look at it from a, it giving us solutions and a, and a arm around our shoulder kind of thing. For me, creativity is a problem solver. It's a, it's a mood changer. It's, you know, do you approach it in that way for yourself? Absolutely. I mean, it's an ongoing journey for me. I'm very much in the journey that I'm guiding others through. Um, and like in my own experience, I've always been a little jealous of people who are who, who are kind of the one horse pony, whether that's, yes. you know, like, okay, Buddhism is the answer for me, you know, or I'm going to be a doctor, you know, I'm going to be a, I'm, I'm right. I write fiction. That's my, that's my deep purpose. You know, I've always been doing multiple things. And, and I think for me at this stage, it's about just opening to that and being that fully, which means, you know, I, I have a, a novel that I'm completing and my agent will be taking it out to houses soon. And then the next book I want to do is nonfiction. And then I have a poetry, you know, mm, and yeah. I, meanwhile, I'm working on songs with my producer and it's it's a whole new sound than what I've done before. It's not acoustic anymore. And, and so like what I'm starting to feel my way into, and of course this varies because sometimes there's a deadline on something and um, someone's waiting for it or, but um, I, I, you know, there's a, I preserve my mornings for creative work. I don't book any any clients till one, and I, um, creative and spiritual work, I, I, I should say. And um, like what I've been playing with lately, now that that there's a there's a little um, pause in terms of the novel, is just what do I want to work on? You know, so this morning I worked on some poetry, um, and then actually sent out a couple of pitches for a piece that I that I want to write. But um, you know, and tomorrow morning it might be working on. There's I have a new song in the that's that's kind of taking shape, and the lyrics are not quite right yet. And so it's kind of just opening to to that, and it it is evolving. And that for me is a little scary actually, because I've always just as much as I guide others not to focus solely on production and productivity. Mm-hmm. You know, I come from this culture too. <laughs> right, right. So right. to just open up and see like, well, what do I just, what, okay, I'm going to just sit down and write a poem and it may not go anywhere, you know, it yeah. may be a shitty poem and that's okay. <laughs> I love that, hearing that though, kind of your own practice, because I feel like too, that when we allow ourselves the time, space and time, um, if you're writing one day for a novel or a poem, and you're writing and you're working on lyrics the next it's really it's it's is it different it's different and because it's coming into the world in a slightly different way but they help each other i oh, feel yeah. like you know oh, yeah. so if you can have no matter what your medium is if you have a few paintings going or you're stitching on something you know my studio is 
it's I've, it's kind of stations. I I feel like I'm going to finish this pair of earrings over here, but then I want to work on, I'm going to paint this week or whatever it is. Um, I, I just feel like sometimes again, we're limited by what we feel like society's telling us when, when in fact we need to take those rules away. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that you have different stations in your studio and give yourself that room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what I found like with the women in my program is that at a certain point they'll say, yeah, I'm just, I'm dancing a lot. I never really mm-hmm. danced, you know, and that's mm-hmm. not, they may have come into the program because they want to write, there's a novel they've been wanting to write for forever, you know? Um, so other things start coming through and that's where I think it gets really beautiful because we begin opening just to creativity in our, in who we, I mean, the program is called live your creative genius and that's yeah. intentional. Like I want, I want, I want that f- for everybody. I want that for me, you know, I want right. that for you. And so when that energy begins moving and there's just, a, oh, I'm actually starting to feel more freedom in my life to be who I am, to do what yes. I want to do. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's when I pause and cheer <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I, it, it really does boil down to that feeling more freedom to be who you are and breaking through those. Well, I thought maybe I was this, but all along, that's just what my parents wanted me to be or what that situation turned me into or whatever it is. I, I, I am so glad there's people like you that are willing to shepherd, shepherd us along. I love it. I mean, it's such a privilege for me to sit where in the, you know where I sit and watch people bloom it's profoundly rewarding uh, I feel very fortunate to to do that work yeah oh that's a gift it really is I do want to ask so people are listening and saying like well how how does that apply to me mm. do you have advice today for if just kind of off the cuff for a listener who might be dealing with analysis paralysis or imposter syndrome, or just feels like they're not really quite sure where to even start in taking a step towards themselves in their, in their creative path or along their creative path. What's something kind of tangible that they could lean into? So my general guideline is to stretch yourself while being kind, Mm. you know? So for some people, that's going to mean, I would say, do your best to begin just with a little practice, you know, and for some people that might be five minutes a day, three Mm. times a week, I'm going to sit down and write Mm. for others. It might be, you know, an hour a day or a couple hours or whatever, but to start just with, um, with committing to yourself in that way, it doesn't have to be big. You know, when I, 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 had an, had had experiences of breakdown and to shepherd myself back into creating from a you know profoundly um uncreative space mm. i started with just a few minutes a day mm. and then i would share my oh you did it you did a few minutes a day good job yeah. you know and um so if we're if we're at the point where we're doing nothing to even start with a teeny bit is is a step and then it, it it's baby steps basically and then at some point you're going to look back and say, oh, hey, gosh, this is this is what I'm doing. So that's one piece is just, and if you're at a loss as to where to begin, notice where there's energy. You know, Natalie Goldberg talked about our obsessions. We have these five obsessions in our lives. She would say that that we tend to kind of circle around for for, for our lifetime. What are the things you think about? What are the things that get you excited or angry or happy or, you know, that that be your jumping off point, you know, to take the brush to that or the pen to that. 
And the other piece I would say is get support. And support mm-hmm. doesn't have to look like a coach or a program, although it can. Right. Um, support could look like, I'm going to tell my best friend that I'm going to actually start committing to this in myself. And, and can they help me f- f- be accountable to it? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are such doable things. And, and I feel like we we tend to forget that we can start somewhere and everybody starts somewhere. Right. And, and that's such a good reminder to just three minutes. If you did it three minutes today and three minutes tomorrow, that's more than you were doing it yesterday. And if you reach out to that friend, that's also a gift to that friend because you're trusting them and, and sharing your vulnerable self. And I just think that can have profound, uh, you know, results. And it's contagious. Like when we see someone doing, you know, and if someone, especially if they reach out to us for help, but when we see someone finally doing what they, what they want to be doing or coming into who they are more authentically, not for everybody. Some people, you know, don't want to let go of whatever cage, like it's, it's necessary still on some level to keep them safe. Sure. But for many, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty inspiring when, when you start to do that. And, um, and you may spark others into doing something like that too. I love that. I'm writing down, how do you show up? That's an important, important question to continue to ask ourselves. How do you show up and how do you want to? Mm, mm. Yeah. And then the other piece, I'm just going to say this is shit's going to come up. You can expect it because you're expanding yourself. And so these places that have been like, oh my God, to be small is to be safe. Like it might even feel like survival is on the line. They're going to come up. So to go really gently there, you know, whether that's, you know, using some, some listeners will have already practices and tools at play. It might be getting a therapist. It might be, you know, um, doing your own work, but really to, okay, stuff will come up and I'm capable of handling it. Like if, like if you're listening right now and this is speaking to you, I think you can trust that place inside you, right? And if that's getting kind of sparked, I think you can also trust that you have the capacity to hold whatever might come up. You again, you might need support at certain moments. Um and 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 generally I think when we feel into it, we can kind of, okay, what kind what do I need? Mm-hmm. You know, we know when we give ourselves a little space. So yeah. It's true. And I think I know I've for myself, I've done, and I I know I've been saying this here and there, but I've definitely done some deeper work in the past year than I've been willing to, or I don't know. It's kind of like you said, if you feel it, then there's something in there saying, look at that a little bit more. So, you know, in doing that, part of the living in that space of discomfort is the, is just that you're living in that space of discomfort. So you're kind of dissecting it and saying, oh, I can actually be here, survive, learn, move forward. And I didn't die. I'm still here. And as a matter of fact, I'm better for it. And that is, that's so profound. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 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 again, you, so we stretch ourselves and we're kind. Like, okay, I did a piece. Now I'm going to go take a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go no, go no. work on something else you like to do. Totally. Or or watch a comedy or, you know, <laughs> exactly. or or take a walk and, you know, hug a tree or whatever it is that's going to that's going to feed you. Yeah. So many good things. 
I we have barely talked about your music, and I know that's a big part of of who you are. So tell us a little bit about your music, how we can access that, and what it means to you. Yeah, thank you. It's it's on all the things. It's on Spotify and iTunes, and those kinds of things like that. Singing to me, it is a big part of of me, and um, and actually, it, it, it's it's interesting to see because. Yeah, I've been doing mostly acoustic singer-songwriter stuff and and um and that's shifting. I've started working with a, a brilliant producer and I'm moving a little bit more into into some kind of electronic lo-fi mm, territory. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled actually we're going to be dropping a a song in the next month or so that that I'm really excited about. And I think singing for me there's something very direct about it. it. I'm not filtering it through the brain or the intellect or when I'm singing. It's very embodied. It, it is. It's the body. So there's a way that that feels very vulnerable, mm-hmm. more so than yes. than other, you know, like with my writing, like when someone gets to reading it, I'm, I'm, I'm not in front of them anymore. Right, right. <laughs> no matter how vulnerable I am on the page. Um and there's something about singing that that I think is it feels more vulnerable to me in certain ways, and also, um, yeah, it's funny. I'm I'm having trouble articulating, and it I think because it's not articulated. So while my lyrics are, you know, obviously there's a there's inspiration, there's writing a song, and then there's revising a song, and there's you know there's a whole process there. Um, the act of singing itself is very direct. You're you're right. Singing, it, you have to be so brave. You know, I think. My son sings and he he's he just he's a natural. But I I remember growing up when I did sing and perform, I felt like you just had to be so brave. And I think especially when you're sharing your own words, um, yeah, it's just a whole different thing. If it's if it's in a book and someone you don't necessarily know, it's like the, it's not unlike the podcast, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I put it out. I have a wonderful conversation with someone that I'm so into and I so love. And and then, oh, that's right. People are listening. I don't really necessarily think about that. But if we were doing it in front of a live audience, now that would be a whole different thing. It's kind of like a performance rather than a, you know, something that's buttoned up. And I, so I definitely respect that. And um, I have great admiration for, for people who, who do that. Um, I went to watch a performance this weekend and there was, it was in a beautiful kind of chapel cathedral thing. So the sound was amazing. And, and this one guy got up and he hadn't performed out. He was definitely, a pro, you know, been in several or in some well-known bands and things, but he was performing by himself and he stopped and said, I'm so nervous. You guys, I'm so nervous. I haven't done this in so long. And these are just my words. And what do you care? Kind of thing, Poor guy. And then by, you know, the fifth or sixth song, he, he was himself again. And, it, and, and we, we spoke to him afterwards and just said, Oh my gosh, you were, you just were awesome. You were brave and you shared. And he was like, oh, thanks. I mean so much. I was really scared, but it's just, I love the humanity of things like that. And writing a song, I, I have, deep admiration for it because it's not something that that is in my wheelhouse at all well there's a way where i mean and i just just to say i still have serious performance anxiety just just to put that out like that's that's something that i'm working through but i think with writing a song my process is different because usually i'll come up with whether i'm you know working on the guitar or or just working with some some vocal loops i will 
lay down melody first and melody carries emotion, you know, so then there's a vehicle already for the the words. Whereas if I'm sitting down to write a poem, for example, it's just a blank page. You know, there may be an image, there's something always that starts it, an image or an idea or a feeling. But yeah, they're, they're, they're different processes. Although they, again, they, they very much inform each other. I think my poetry is pretty musical. Yeah. I've often wondered in my head, people write the words first and then write the melody. But I think that just depends completely, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I've done that occasionally, but much more done having a melody. And then I think because the melody does connect on a bodily level, does carry, you know, emotion, it's sort of like fuel on the fire creatively. And then the, you know, whatever lyrics come, um, there's something that that opens up and comes through. And and of course, you know, invariably I'll, I'll, I'll junk some of the lyrics. Not everything's going to be great, but Right. Um, but that's always where I begin. Yeah, I love hearing that. I love uh, peace, people's processes. And again, oh. it goes to how we can share that with each other and how we can inspire each other. So, yeah, yeah, I find I find it also I find it fascinating too. Creative process. That's why I love these conversations. I'm so glad there's ways for people to to learn from you and take in your writing, both musical and literary. That's wonderful, and and we're lucky for it. Thank you. Can you uh, share who's inspiring you these days? Yeah. So I just read, God, well, first of all, I just read The Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell, which I'm not mm-hmm. sure why it took me 10 years to read this book, but it's brilliant. And, and you know, I have not read it either. I it, I keep forgetting about that. It's it's just brilliant. And I haven't seen the movie yet either. And I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, so that was profoundly inspiring on a literary level. Who else is inspiring me these days? I'm Jewish. I have a, I lived in Israel for a year. I did a bunch of activism in my 20s around ending the occupation. And um, I'm deeply inspired by, given what's happening, you know, the horror on both sides, uh, there are Arabs and Jews coming together. Mm, and yeah, meeting and and talking about standing together, even even given what's going on, and that's I, f- I find that profoundly inspiring. You sent me something. Um, it's called the Parent Circle, and that was I appreciated that resource. Families Forum. It's a it's a joint Israeli Palestinian organization of over six hundred families, all of whom have lost an immediate family member to this ongoing conflict. And I was just very grateful for that resource. I hadn't heard about that yet. Yeah. I mean, to me, these are the, the really the, the ones carrying the light. And they are, you know, that's important, I think, just to remember that they're there because it's the headlines are so dire. And, and of course, it's important that we, we have that, you know, we, we know what's happening on that level, but it's also important to remember that there are some really brave, wise souls on the ground doing important work. Well, and I think, too, when you can when you can find a group like that, or again, on social media, who if, if it feels like somebody that's really real, that you we can connect to in a human way, that's not just a headline or something that's, it makes it harder because it is more human, but it makes it uh, that much more important because mm. we relate. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. That's important yeah. work. And musically, I would say Maria Stark is a singer-songwriter I've been listening to lately. She's just, I'm kind of floored at what she does and how she does it. And it's its really inspiring. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, you mentioned in your, um, in your writing to me ahead of time, somebody that I hadn't heard of, but I kind of dug into, Byron Katie. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and and the sounds source of fascinating. 
Uh, she's she's incredible. She's a such a gift, I would say, to the earth, to all of us. And she's been an important teacher for me. And I mean, so much so that I went and got a certification as a facilitator of the work of Byron Katie. Um, yeah. It's work that has transformed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of lives across the world. Yeah. Well, and she sounds like someone like we've been talking about who later in life thought, huh, maybe I need to look at this a little bit differently and was willing to share and take others along and and just come up with, here's my learnings and this is going to, you know, I'm going to teach this and it's going to benefit. Yeah. I mean, I think she was severely depressed. I mean, she was agoraphobic and suicidal and severely depressed for about 10 years and then basically had an awakening experience where all of a sudden, all of that, you know, she experienced a very deep level of freedom. And, um, she says that the work, the, the 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 work, the inquiry practice of the work, which is called the work of Byron Kitty, came to her basically in that. So I don't think she takes much credit for it, but um, well, she's helping get it out there. She's profoundly humble and and deeply free. A very a very mm. inspiring woman. What a, yeah. what a wonderful combination. Thank you. Well, your energy is just it's very good. It's great to be around. So thank you for for sharing and for just talking about these things you believe in because I think that's how we can start to connect and and learn about other people would like to to know more about. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on and asking such good questions. Oh, yeah. Thanks. How can people find you? What's the best way? Um, my website, which is marisahandler.com, one S in Marisa. Um, there's a free gift there uh, called Kickstart Your Your um, creative writing practice. Um, I'm teaching a free class December 12th. I do an annual free class and um, it's packed with like some of my best stuff. So that's something just, it's, it's going to be at 11 a.m. Pacific time on on the 12th. And um, there will be shortly be links up on my website and details about the group program. All of that is about one-on-one coaching. That's all accessible on the website. There's also links to my writing and my music. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I have just super enjoyed talking to you, Marisa. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Margo. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.